Hey, welcome in. Hank Morris, Bob Lobel, the great Mike Lynch. We got a little surprise for you today. Lynchy? Well, we have a, a new name, same ad and a different address. It's called Unanchored Boston. And if you want to find us anything about the show, you want to find out where you can download things, where you can talk to us, leave messages, unanchoredboston.com. Uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, I think the name kind of fits. It kind of speaks for itself. And we're looking forward to continuing the same conversations that we've had. But welcome all the new viewers and listeners that are out there and and hope you stick around. Uh, it's a fun time we have every week, and the three of us uh, kick things around, and we can tell stories we're never able to tell when we're on TV, right, Bob? Absolutely, and I should tell both of our listeners that <laughs> we really want to keep this alive. We're, you know, our job is to keep this alive. So, both of you out there, thank you very much for hanging yeah. in. We've always had very gracious listeners and viewers. We're doing okay. We're doing we're doing we're doing great. This is the third year of our operation and a 15th name change we've had, but I think this one's going to stick. Listen, they always say slow growth. Slow yeah. and steady growth. You don't want to grow too quickly. And the winner is Will Smith, and the loser is Will Smith. By the way, just so you know, on anchoredboston.com and on your social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, Twitter. You can go to those unanchored Boston and find us there. And for the next few weeks, you can still find us at Loby Lynchy and friends with Hank Morris podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. So we're going to be on both for the next few weeks. And then it's unanchored Boston. We need to say thank you. Our best foods and our best meatballs without them, you know, we'd be sitting Playing pickup sticks for crying out loud. And of course, Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. W E A R E, Ware, New Hampshire. Cold Springs RV. They're the best. They're having a great year. Thanks. Well, thanks to them. They have great products. You know, for a guy who played Muhammad Ali uh, in the movies, um, I was surprised that Will Smith went, went with the open hand slap. You know, um, go ahead, Mike. I'm, it's just well, yeah. I'm, I'm, usually we save this for the middle of the show, but since we came out of the shoot with Will Smith, he has to get the meatball of the week award, right? Oh, you know, without without pretty big one too. Without question, meatball of the week goes to goes to Will Smith right out of the shoot. Usually in our show, somewhere about halfway through, uh, we find a, a meatball of the week. Uh, but yeah, Will Smith, I mean, what was really? I mean, what was he thinking? I mean, well, he wasn't. I, have you ever done anything? And I guess this is like show and tell. Have you ever done anything that you really regret? That you, you know, you really wish you would have thought it through and have not and did not do it. We, are, we I think we all have things like that. But I don't know that any of us would have a burden to carry through the rest of our lives like that burden of Will Smith having almost 30 seconds to change his mind. The walk up to the stage. He could have changed his mind at any time, but no, could not edit himself. Can you? I just can't imagine that. Do you want to hear my theory? Shocking. Here's my theory. You know, they've been very open about the fact that they have an open relationship, an open marriage. Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, and she was also involved with a younger uh, rapper who basically said, I asked Will Smith for permission for this relationship with his wife. All right. So where are we going with this? Here's what I think happened is that Will Smith laughed at the initial joke by Chris Rock. Then, and they documented this. She looked at Will, Jada looked at Will and kind of gave him the evil eye. Like, what are you laughing at? I think at that point he felt like, his manhood was in question, and he had to do something to show, hey, I'm going to stick up for my wife. Just my opinion. Well, you know what? Maybe his wife should have told him to sit down, Will. <clears throat> Calm down. What, what do you think he, what, what, when he got up to go on the stage, what did you think he was doing? Exactly well, Chris what Rock he did. thought he was coming up for some other reason than that. I don't think Chris Rock, he was as surprised as anybody. Yeah, he didn't even put his dukes up. He just no. it was a sucker punch. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you really, he had a chance to change his mind. He had a chance to think it through. 
he had a chance to go through all this thing. And now he, he did one thing in one second that he's going to regret the rest of his life. Yeah, you know, it, it is too bad. And it did overshadow. I mean, best actor. Are you kidding me? Best actor award, Oscar. Nobody will remember it. And the winner is and the loser is. And the winner is and the loser is. He's not coming back there. I mean, all of... Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. It, it, it reminds me of the punch slash slap that Jawan Howard hit when he was on the, uh, the line with the Wisconsin team for the University of Michigan. And did and that and that one moment, yeah, that one split second before contact was made, did Will say, I better open my fist and make it a slap? Or do you think uh, he intended to do that all the way? Well, that's a good question. And with that, yeah, now, good now question. you're talking about the actual act. <laughs> well, that's uh, what we do on this show. But it should, should it be a punch or a slap? You know, hard to say, Mike. You know, until you're in those shoes, you wouldn't know. But I'd like to think you'd be able to stop before you got to the stage. Say, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And let's face it, he's a lot bigger of a guy than Chris Rock, right? I mean, Will Smith. Chris is Rock's going to be in Boston this week, right? Yeah, yeah at the Wilbur. Well, booed or cheered? Oh, I think he'll get absolutely cheered. I think most I of the him. most of the uh, sentiment was falling his way. I mean, there were people who criticized him who said, "Hey, you should never made a joke about a man's wife who's struggling with, you know, a physical uh, ailment." Well, you know, as a matter of fact, you probably shouldn't have. No, I I I'm a, I agree with you. I mean, it probably was in poor taste. I heard that his camp has said, "Well, he didn't know she had alopecia." But I knew she had alopecia, and I'm not active in Hollywood. You know, it's pretty well documented. She's talked about it. And... All right, but okay, this is the okay. The question. This is the sport of the week, meatball of the week, deserving a lot of our attention. Was it this? Was it the slap that was the most stunning thing, or the f bomb that he threw in front of the whole uh, audience? You know, in, in in front of all those dignitaries, who is he? Who do you think he is? He, I, I think the slap is was the that stunned me the most. The f bomb doesn't, you know, doesn't stun me at all. And how'd you like to be, you know, the person with the with the tape, your finger on the tape delay button? Um, he did a good job. He did an excellent job. He did an excellent job. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Japanese broadcast, we probably wouldn't have heard the whole thing. They're the ones who really recorded it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think Barstool had that on within about ten minutes after that. After that happened, uh, they are good. Yeah, not as good as Unanchored Boston, though. Unanchoredboston.com. Go to the website. We have a website now. Unanchoredboston.com. You can go to the social media platforms and let us know what you think. Weigh in. If you want to send us a message, go right ahead. And actually, you can send each one of us an email at Unanchored Boston. Unanchoredboston.com, Mike at Unanchoredboston.com, or Hank at Unanchoredboston.com. If you yeah, like, you to. can actually read your emails on the air, right? We could. Yes, we could. We could. And, and we also, we'd like to take the show on the road. You know, we've talked about Cold Springs RV and going up in uh, the Lobby Cruiser and going out and about. But if you have a business, right? Maybe a restaurant, a bar, even if you have. Uh, you're a marketing firm, a financial firm, and you'd like us to come to your place of business and do the show from there. Uh, we'd love to do that. And we're going to be telling you about a contest we're going to run. Right, Lynchy? That's right. Um, you know, at, uh, go to our webpage and tell us why we should come to your place. And um, we could be up there. We could give away some uh, coupons. As soon as we get some, our, our prize closet restacked, because uh, it's depleted right now. We've given away so many, so many prizes. Um, <laughs> We could have prizes for you as well. So uh, hang in there. We will never slap you. We will give you nice things. Yes. Really. No F-bombs allowed in this show. No. What is wrong with Will Smith? I just can't. I miss the, the mere mention of it is just says no. Everything is. Okay. Who do you want? In the, who's going to win the NCAA championship? Well, well Duke is my sentimental favorite now. Start off with men first, and then we can go, go to the women. Well, I'll tell you, the men, uh, the two teams that really played better than I thought they could play were Kansas. That second half 
blitz on Miami was unbelievable. And Duke is a lot better team than I thought they were. Yeah, I agree. You know, so I mean, I'm, the last I'm, time you heard about Duke is they lost to North Carolina in the ACC finals. Yes, exactly. Shashevsky's uh, last game, well, last last game at at uh, Cameron, as well. Um, I, I my fa- sentimental favorite is Villanova. I like Jay Wright. I like the whole program year after year. I just think that Kansas might be the best team out there. So I'm I'm going to take Kansas with what's left. Did I ever tell you about my Roy Williams interview in the lot in the broom closet? In uh, it was Paul Pierce year. It was Paul Pierce's senior year. Yeah. Rafe LaFrance. And uh I was doing the NCAA stupid sideline thing for CBS in the tournament. And after the game was over, I guess Roy Williams, I guess that Kansas had lost that year. That that game. I'm not sure where it was in Birmingham or Dayton or something like that. Um, so t- they needed an interview with Roy Williams after the game and they didn't get him in the locker room. So we walked down the hall and we found a broom closet or like one of those places where there's, it was, a, you know, there was a vacuum cleaner. There was a broom closet. It was a junk pl- closet. So we went in there, got a little privacy, switched on the camera and that was my Roy Williams moment right there. I never got a chance to interview Shashevsky, but Roy Williams was a gentleman. And uh, have you ever interviewed Shashevsky? Once. Yeah. First time he came to Boston College. And it was kind of a wake-up call because, uh, you know, we saw, you know, College college sports are a little bit different than pro sports. You know, you were allowed to go in the, you know, we used to go in the locker room and talk to the guys and practice was less regulated. But when Krzyzewski came in, everything was, everything was by the book, uh, by his book. You know, he can talk, but he can only talk at 4.10 in the afternoon, you know, for, for, for three minutes. And um, none of his players were available. And this turned out to be a great game. I think it was like a buzzer beater that Duke won the play, uh, maybe even BC may have won this game. I'm not sure, but it, it was like, it was like dealing with Belichick, like dealing with Belichick, um, you know, press conference style. I'll tell you what players are going to be available. And, you know, we just wanted to get his thoughts on coming up to Boston it was the ACC had expanded North with Pittsburgh, Syracuse, and some of the other teams. Um, so, I mean, I didn't leave with a warm and fuzzy feeling about him. Um, but you know, obviously those who played for him, not everybody who played for him has a warm and fuzzy feeling for him. And I'm not sure Tommy Emmerich has a warm and fuzzy feeling for him right now because he didn't pick Tommy. I, to be I know. He, you know. It was supposed to be the new head coach at Duke and yeah. he hired his assistant. Do, do, do you think he I, – I can't believe that he might be afraid someone might be successful there. I mean, he's not that petty, is he? I didn't think so. I don't think so. You wouldn't think Bill Belichick would think like that either, but – I bet you it weighs in the back of their mind, right? Yeah. How long has Tommy Amaker been at Harvard? 12 years, 13 years? Uh, at least. Yeah, at least. He's, uh, I mean, wow. He's done an unbelievable job. He was the odds on, you know, he was the yeah. odds on favor to get the job. Yeah. I mean, he's done everything. He was an assistant with um, Krzyzewski. He was the head coach at Seton Hall. He was the head coach at Michigan. Now the head coach at Harvard. So, you know, Frankie Valley said, working my way back to you, babe. That's what he was doing. And, um, there you go. So if you want to go for a, a, a car ride across, this is one of Hank's, uh, this is like a ripoff of Hank's question between Belichick and Parcells. And it was a great question, Hank. You want to go for a car ride across the country. You want to ride with Mike Krzyzewski, Rick Patino, or Bobby Knight? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would narrow it down to between Patino and Bobby Knight. And uh, you're probably less likely to get punched in the face by Patino. You know, if Bobby Knight get annoyed with you by the time you get to Missouri, you might be in trouble physically. Might throw well, something. I grew up around where he grew up in Orville, Ohio, home of Smuckers, Smuckers Jam, Bobby Knight's hometown. He was a legend out there. And I mean, in high school, and then he went on to play 
for Ohio State with Havlicek. You remember he was a sixth man. Yeah. He had that crazy jump shot over the top of his head. And uh, he uh, he was he was a damn good coach. I'll tell you what. He, he was really and a really interesting guy. As you can imagine, he was – I don't care. You know, Mike, your dad is a coach. There was a, a kind of a coaching – a thing that ran through all coaches, whether it was, um, I shouldn't say all coaches, all successful coaches that were like father figures that were disciplinarians that were, you did it their way or the highway. I mean, that really was the way it, way it worked. And there was that whole culture. There was that Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, Bobby Knight, that whole coach culture of, of coaches that, you know, moved on. Now Calipari and Patino are a different generation. So to answer your question, I'd probably, I mean, I spent a fair amount of time with Patino as well. And he's a pretty interesting and funny guy. I think Bobby Knight would be the interesting one. I would go with Knight too. I think that, you know, I think you may have more laughs than anything else. Um, just laughing at some of his, his views of things. Um, I met him once the, at the uh, tradition from the sports museum at the garden. He was presenting Havlicek, and I, I arranged to interview Bobby Knight uh, down inside one of those uh, auxiliary locker rooms. And I walked in, and he's the first. The first thing he said, I asked him a question about Havlicek. He says, "Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pass the hat and get a collection for you, Lynch, because you're not wearing any socks, and obviously the station you're working for doesn't pay you enough. So can someone pass? Get me someone. Give me a goddamn basket." I'm going to go out there tonight and pass the hat and get Lynch a pair of socks so he looks presentable. You look awful. You look like you're so destitute. Now, what do you want to ask me? And then he completely disarmed me. And I just, I was like, uh, well, I wanted to talk about Havlicek, you know, what kind of teammate he was. He says, what do you mean what kind of teammate he was? You can't figure out that he was the best teammate I ever had? Get the ball to Havlicek and, and just stay out of his way. That, that, that's what we did. So uh, I, I liked him. My, my dad went to a, a coaching clinic one time up at Cutcher's Country Club up in upstate New York. And they had a lot of coaches there. And Bobby Knight was a lecturer. And there was like one of his first or second years head coach at uh, at um, West Point. And up the back of the room, there was some, you know, like at every convention, there's a bunch of guys that are just all talking to each other, you know. And they're oh my just, God, I can only imagine what this uh, is going to happen. Yeah, so he just stopped the thing and says, <laughs> hey. And now he's like 22 years old. And he's talking to some guys that are college coaches, that have been coaching college for 20 or more years, you know, his peers. And he looks, he says, Hey, you F and A's up back. When I talk, I want your F and undivided attention. I'll get the F out of the room right now. And he fired a piece of chalk and it splattered on the back wall and silence from then on silence. And everybody knew who this guy was. They, they got his attention and everyone started paying attention to West Point. And his coaching style and his coaching tactics and his coaching manners. Now, a lot of people out there disagree with him, but the guy knew how to win and he knew how to motivate. You know what? Those of us, I consider myself fortunate to have played for a guy like that. And uh, it was all about the discipline. But on the point, also, Krzyzewski went to West Point. Played That's where he got schooled with Bobby Knight. Yeah. Yeah. From 66 to 69, he played for him. Yeah. You know, I bet you if you asked Bobby Knight, he'd probably go, you know what? I like that Will Smith. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, he did what he wanted to do. and Well, Chris he, Rock, okay. Which one are you talking about, Knight or, Rock, or, or Smith? Smith. No, I would say that Bobby Knight probably reacted the other Chris night. Chris Rock respond back. No, I, no, I think Bobby Knight would be happy the way Will Smith re responded. I know. I got that. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay, so who do we pick in the final four? Well, there is one sentimental favorite for locals too, and uh, on Villanova, and it's um, Jermaine Samuels, the kid from Franklin, went to the River School, played a good game, the great game the other day, at sixteen points, ten rebounds. Didn't their point guard twist his ankle? He yeah, fell over, huh? defensive player. No, he tore his Achilles. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Justin, Moore, Justin Moore, right? Yeah, a little more serious than that. Okay, it's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch the local guy, right? What? 
Duke and Kansas will be in the final. I agree. Well, I don't know. Do you think North Carolina Duke's going to beat North Carolina? Yes. That team's going to be how many? That's an eight o'clock, eight thirty game on Saturday night. Yes. That'll have a lot of eyeballs. That will get some great, great ratings. There's no doubt about it. You think Duke will beat North Carolina? Yes. Motivation for North Carolina is we stopped the Shashevsky in his last home game. We're going to stop him in the Final Four. I mean, the motivation for North Carolina is pretty intense. I think the only motivation is that it's Duke. I don't think they care if Mickey Mouse is coaching the, the Blue Devils. It's <laughs> it's Duke. It's like Michigan and Ohio State. They don't give a crap. They, know they, they just want to beat them. Shashevsky called you Mickey Mouse. <laughs> uh, what else we got going on here? All right, I got a question for both of you. Okay. Go ahead. Do either one of you know how to spell Shashevsky's last name? No, no. I used to ask, uh, Chet, Cur Chet Curtis, who uh, I worked with for many years. Curtis is not his uh, real name. He has a name. It's a Chet's Polish. Came from upstate New York, and he has a long last name like Shashevsky's that has a lot of consonants in it. And he would write it out for me, and I'd say, he'd pronounce it, and I said, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It'd give me Krzyzewski. He says, I don't get it. So when Chet's first job, out of when he left the, upstate New York, uh, he went to Ithaca. He got a job in Washington, D.C. on the radio, and he couldn't say, I am Chet Krzyzewski. He changed it to Curtis. And that's he became Chet Curtis till the, till the day he died. So I don't know how it's pronounced. And I, I, I don't want to offend any of our Polish viewers and listeners out there, but I, 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 I look at it and I said, I don't get it, but it's, it's K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Just because I have it right here on my phone. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I, be able to spell really it 10 times. That. If I, if I memorize it, I wouldn't be able to spell it, but I, you know what I, I do know it wouldn't matter if you drove across country with John Calipari Coach Shashevsky, Bobby Knight, they would fight you for our best meatballs, from our best foods. Right. Because everybody we know loves our best foods and our best meatballs. You can go to ourbestfoods.com. You can download the coupon. Go to your local grocer, frozen food section. Just look for the smiling chef. There he is, Lynchy. That's right. Bob's got his package. Mike's got his package. You can have the hors d'oeuvre style. You can get the slightly bigger one inch. They have the big two inch meatballs. If you want the Italian style, you can get it. I mean, Bob eats them. Um, I know. Most podcasts on a regular basis. The problem with this regular basis is that I'm out of them. I mean, Time to reload and make sure to bring it. Two bags. Empty. What's that sound? Empty. Maybe we should put uh, Will Smith's picture on the Our Best Meatballs. Why would you do that? Well, just so they could identify him because he's our meatball of the you week. No, you don't. Uh, you don't think uh, the smiling chef is whatever. Well, I don't didn't say cover up the smiling chef's face. I, I love. I love Pablo Bell. All right, ourbestfoods.com. Download that coupon. He's a great. He's a really just great. Okay. Anybody else excited about the Boston Celtics? I went to the Celtics game against Minnesota the other night. And I don't think I've been this excited about Celtics for 10 years. Of course, it was um, it was tamped down a little bit after I realized that Robert Williams III, who I love the way he plays, man. Red Auerbach would love this guy. He's such a great defender. He's aggressive. He brings such positive energy. But now that he's got that torn meniscus, but um, – Jeez, this Celtics team is exciting, and I think they're going to continue to be exciting heading to the playoffs. You know, it's, it's the regular season has become just so meaningless in in the NBA and the NHL because it's just so long that I, I think most people don't start really paying attention until right about now. now when the NCAA tournament is over. You hit into April, and now you're looking at you know where they may be seated, who they play in the first round, and then playoff games become must-see TV every single night, without question. And nothing beats the playoffs in any sport. Hockey is probably the most exciting, um, you know, of the two winter sports. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment. I, mean, I know they've been on a great run. I'm reserving judgment until we get to the postseason. Because there are some teams that just lay in the weeds, 
until the 69 Celtics were a great example. They just sort of cruised through the regular season, finished in fourth place, and then won a, uh, seven games against the Lakers. And not to distract here, but I, I saw a little thing on, on Twitter the other day, and I checked it out. In the 1969 NBA Finals, it went seven games. Bill Russell and John Havlicek played every single minute of all seven games. Is that unbelievable? Without Gatorade. They weren't drinking electrolytes back then. I don't even know if they even had water on the bench in those days, to be honest with you. Um, no, no, not one, not one break. 48 minutes in every single one of those games. And those games, you know, like every NBA final, was just a lot of tension, a lot of pressure, bond burners. Yeah, but Never okay, Mike, you're talking about the NBA finals. You're talking about the, the playoffs. I mean, doesn't it does it bother you that your local hometown team is in the process of tanking to, so they can get into third place uh, for the playoffs this year? I mean, does it is there any pause whatsoever with the fact that they're going to tank and get themselves into a third position? I mean, what does that say about the league? You play all these meaningless preseason games. I'm sorry, regular season games. And the same is true for the National Hockey League, if not more so. You just have no clue or no interest until they get the games that really mean something. See, I'm invested now because back around the first of the year, you're talking about, oh, sorry. They're not listening to the coach. Geez, the general manager. Oh, my God. You know, the new president of basketball operations. And. All of a sudden, hey, Marcus Smart, should we trade Marcus Smart? Oh, well, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, can they really coexist as superstars? And all of a sudden, they win 24 out of 29. That's pretty compelling, don't you think? Yeah, I know. So how do you say they're tanking for? Uh, well, the four of the five best players didn't play last night in Toronto. They're hurt. They were hurt. Oh, come on. Isn't that the way you tank? I know Robert Williams is one thing, but uh, you, I, you I, tell- I know what? Jason Brown hurt his knee at the game too. We noticed that he was limping around, and I guess they're not tanking. No, I, that's your opinion. I mean, you're a smart guy. You have the Hellenic flu. Is that what you're saying, Bob? Yeah, that was a, one of the ways of missing practice. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know what Al Horford's personal reasons are? Doesn't bother you? That's fine. It doesn't. You know, I'm not saying it bothers me. I'm just saying that. You know. Other teams do it. Why shouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get yourself in the best position for the playoffs? Which, you know, I mean, not, no format is perfect. Clearly, NFL's got problems, and it's the same with the NBA and the National Hockey League. Well, what, what problems does the NFL have? I'm just talking about their postseason, the rules, the issues. I'm talking about the overtime. Thing. Oh, the overtime, yeah. yeah. That's going to change this year, right? I don't necessarily think so oh i'm just saying there's not a big appetite to change the rule but go ahead i'm sorry no um speaking of uh, happy with teams the the well a lot of teams are loading up in free agency uh does it a surprise you or b are you concerned that the patriots have pretty much the people they've signed and re-signed or just some of the guys they've had around for a while You know, do you think it's the case of Bill Belichick? He's going to wait until some big name talent gets cut in training camp and then try and sign him for less money. It's always a possibility. You know, he signed a lot of guys last year that are under contract. You know, they got it. We spent a lot of money, flipped the season around, went from seven and nine to ten and seven. Um, but a lot of teams have been improved. Uh, Miami's improved with Tyreek Hill and uh, the oh, tackle boy. they got uh, that that signed with them. Buffalo's um, improved. Buffalo, Von Miller, and he's 33. He's a little bit old, but, you know, they – Colts have improved. Colts have improved. I think Colts dramatically have improved. Yeah. So the AFC is pretty tough tough conference right now. So what did I you think know. about Belichick and failing to name offensive coordinator, de- defensive coordinator? You know, he's done that before. Um, you know, I think when Bill O'Brien was here, he never really gave him a – a title, but he pretty much called all the offensive plays. Uh, I, I don't think it's that big a deal to Bill. I think, you know, I think he, he, he think he feels in his coaching 
maturity for his assistants that if they lock him into one specific title, that they don't become more versatile as a coach. You know, dealing with if you're a defensive guy, you got you got to learn how to deal with the nose guard as well as the safety, with the defensive end as well as the middle linebacker. And I, I think, uh, I think Bill's philosophy is, and I know it. I know this to be a fact. It, it applies to his players. He said this to me a number of times. Um, the more versatile you are, the more valuable you are to our team. And I think that applies to, to, his, to his coaches. That's my answer to that question, why he doesn't designate, you know, offensive and defensive coordinators. How will the – when they – the Rooney rule, that they have to interview minority candidates for coaching. They changed that already. What's that? Yeah. They, would, they would amended that, that you now have to hire uh, some front office personnel or assistant offensive coach or whatever. Yeah. Right, and that's brand new, right, for the season? Yes. Yes. But when you're going through, whether it's a head coach or an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, you had to interview a minority. Now, if you don't designate somebody, I and I just bring this up because they were talking about it on sports radio yesterday. They're like, geez, is this Bill's way of tap dancing around the rule? It's just kind of it, – it is odd, though. Don't you think that he doesn't want to designate anybody? He doesn't like to have his picture taken with all the other coaches. He's just – I don't know if he's an outlier. I don't know what it is. He's, uh, you know, he's a different guy. I mean, you know, personally, he's he's a, he's a little bit different. Um, I think. He has great respect for the league and its history and its tradition, but he's, you know, he can – he's earned the right to do – what he wants to do, behave how he wants to behave. Um, you know, he's going to be 70 next month. And he always said he, he wasn't going to be Marv Levy coaching into his 70s. Well, here he is. He's there now. He'll be 70 for this uh, 2022 season. How many um, games is behind uh, Shula? Uh, I, I, it's going to take a few more years. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that might that might be – you know, his MO for kicking around. But, you know, like like anybody else, I mean, you know, there was a time when 70 was, you know, walking around with a cane and playing shuffleboard, and, and it's a new world now. Um, you know, 70 is the new 40. And uh, then that then that's where Bill is right now. He's still energetic. He's still enthusiastic. He still loves every aspect of the job. And I, I think the Shula thing is in the back of his mind. I think he would like to to chase him. What are the numbers on that, Hank? You got those there? Yes. Go ahead. Um, Don Shula, 328 wins. Yep. Bill Belichick, 290. Okay, so that's 20. That's, uh, oh, uh, 28. That's 38. 38. So 12. That's at least. Harvard and who going at it now. We have this is like. That's at least. Shula does have a higher winning percentage, too. Sometimes it's not only just about the wins. It's to talk about your winning percentage, but. Shula's all-time coaching winning percentage is uh, 67.7%. Belichick's is 66.9%. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> huh. Well, there we go. Huh. So you guys never answered my question about the Will Smith moment, about what was your moment of great regret. My moment of great yeah. regret? Yeah, and Hank, I'm I'm sure you've had none, so I won't even ask you. No, I I did have one, and it was uh, it was actually a slip of the tongue, and I was a young broadcaster. Maybe this is when the space clip. shuttle Challenger exploded. They were having a memorial service, and the way I worded the news story was, it made it sound like the shuttle was going to explode in the church. That was embarrassing to me. I mean, I've said some things to people that I shouldn't have said in my lifetime. I'd take those back, you know. Never never at an event like that. Although I did one time, um, I gave the wrong name of the groom at a wedding that I was hosting. <laughs> you know, Mary and Joe, congratulations. They go, John! No, no, wait Mary and John, like I said, congratulations. Time out. When Warnick and I got married in Bermuda, okay, a true story. 
Monica and I got married in Bermuda. It's uh, a city hall. The guy, you know, they come out with cards. The guy, you know, you know has a like must. Kind of like Las Vegas, I guess. Is that the guy comes out, does the ceremony in these cards, and he says, "Do you, Ricky Diaz, take?" <laughs> I swear, I can't make this up. <laughs> he had the wrong card up. <laughs> I should have become Ricky Diaz. Well, I told Warnick that I should I should have stayed Ricky Diaz. Was Pablo Bell? Did no, he? No, wasn't even in the Were they mix. related, Ricky and oh, Pablo? No, wasn't even in the mix. This was just. I'm just telling you. You brought up a very funny story. It was it actually that actually happened? That is beautiful. See, I feel oh, better about myself. Somebody else. No, somebody else did it in a you know, public ceremony. It wasn't that public, but at any rate. Oh, you didn't la- you didn't launch into like a Will Smith verbal assault against the guy when he did it, did you? Not, no. I, you know, politely corrected him. And I said her name is not Ricky Diaz. <laughs> That's uh, good. That's comedy anyway, right there, Bob. The uh, the one thing I what was it, Mike? Come on, you're not you're holding back. I I um I was I mean, in- you've got here, you've done nothing in your life that you regret. I can say that. That's okay. You're I'm right. Broad- nothing in your life that you regret. It's okay. I'm thinking of broad- broadcasting-wise. Um, no, was- in life in general. Just a, Will Smith. Bang. I regret. If I'm Will Smith, I really regret I did that. Yeah. And it's only been a few days. I can't imagine okay. what life's going to be like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Shut up, Bob. Well, um Back in the 70s, uh, I was sort of working a little bit at the at, at WITS radio. And they, the, the show, the Cliff and Claff show was on. Larry Claflin wrote for the Herald. Cliff Keen wrote for the Globe. And they both were old school, crusty reporters. And Claff died of a heart attack suddenly on a Sunday morning. And I was working at the radio station. And Brian Leary was doing the, the news. He called up and said, hey, do you have a picture of Cliff and Claff? And I said, yeah. I said, I, 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 got, I got the two of them. So I put a post-it note. I said, Cliff is the guy on the left. Claff, the guy who died, is on the right. Well, flip it around over the shoulder when you got the slide up here, okay? And they, the people in the visual arts department put the picture of Cliff, who was still alive, not the picture of Claff who died. So Brian Leary comes on and says, Larry Claflin uh, passed away suddenly of a heart attack today at WITS Studios. And I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I said, I should have said camera left, camera right. And so Cliff Keene's phone started jumping off the hook. And Cliff calls me up and says, what have you done to me? You've killed me. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Everybody picked up the phone. I'm not dead. So I didn't I, I, I didn't label the uh, the picture. I thought I labeled it correctly at the way you're looking at it. But the way it is, appears on the camera, left is not right and right is left. That's not really that as good as, you know, yours. But that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. This other one wasn't mine. I mean, I, the, the Bermuda thing wasn't mine. I did have one other incident in uh, Shaker Heights, Ohio. I was at a wedding and it was a pool, a <laughs> bar pool. You know, the ones with the big windows. Yeah. You know, so you can sit at the bar and look at the people swimming in the pool. Yeah. Well, four or five of us decided to go, uh, you know, skinny naked. Dipping. naked. <laughs> Actually, we decided to go skinny dipping in the pool, not realizing that it was a bar pool with the big windows. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> Do, is this one of the things I regret? Clearly, but you know what? It's nice if you're. Remember, I can remember the temperature of the water. As a matter of fact, that's how <laughs> vivid that moment was. You know what the nice thing though is, water is a magnifier, Bob. You ever dr- drop well, like knew, an egg in a glass? I knew, I knew that the, this would be. Looks like a baseball. I so knew I mean, you were going to go there. I knew. Well, how can you not? Right. I know, but I'm just saying. How it, was I, the water? I regret doing that. I regret. Was the water cold? Uh, you know, yeah. Considering I wasn't prepared. But it warmed up real fast when we realized there was nothing but glass down below and people sitting at the bar could see it. <laughs> and, 
sharp clarity, like wearing a mask in the water. You know, okay, that's it. That's I did have one more that I did happened, want to happen. I can't make this up. Just one more. The great Lenny Megliola, right? His son, yeah. Christian. Um, he was dating this lovely girl, now his wife, Courtney McElhenney, that worked uh, over for uh, the TD Garden. And I could have sworn that Lenny told me that they were engaged. And so Lenny was a big Lorna Wally fan. And so on the Lorna Wally show, I said, hey, congratulations to Christian Megliola and uh, Courtney McElhenney. You know, they're engaged. So they're really two terrific people. Congratulations. Same thing. I get a text from Courtney. We're not engaged. So they started getting calls, you know, same type thing. Everybody starts calling them. The parents start calling them. So I had made a mistake. Eventually, you know, I went back on. I go, oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. They're not engaged. Eventually, they did become engaged. And then I offered to DJ, the, DJ their wedding for free, which I did. It was a beautiful wedding. Um. But it was kind of a funny, you know, it wasn't something oh, I don't regret it. You know, um, you remember Kirby Perkins that was a reporter for Channel 5? Um, he died suddenly while he was out jogging, actually playing tennis one day. Uh, he was married to Emily Rooney, who was the son, a daughter of Andy Rooney. And Emily was our assistant news director at Channel 5. So they had a memorial service at Longwood Tennis Club for Kirby Perkins. And we all went, we were outside, you know, and they, had all tables set up on the clay courts and it was very, very nice. We went inside for a reception and I hadn't reached out to Emily um, since he died because we didn't have emails. We didn't have cell phones and I didn't want to bother her. So finally I, she, I, I the moment was right. She was by herself. And I walked over. I said, Emily, I got my arms wide open, give her a big embrace. I said, I am so sorry. And she pushed me away and she says, who the hell are you? So, Emily, I said, I, I'm sorry, you must be, you know, really distraught. She goes, I'm not distraught at all. He says, who do you think you, who are you? I said, it's Lynchy. He says, Rich, she goes, Richie who? I said, wow, she's really lost it. It was her twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> no idea she had a twin sister. Oh, my God. Emily Rooney has a twin sister. And that's why I was over embracing and trying to console and offer my, my, my sympathetic thoughts. And no idea. She, you know, said, who is this? stranger coming over here groping me and uh <laughs> i wouldn't mind having that one over again yeah. no i get that that's see now that we have a chance to think about it there's a lot of will smith smith moments yeah. in our lives you were well-intentioned though did, did you ever have a moment i had this happened in denver one time um <laughs> belichick was at the podium or brady was at the podium and someone in my ear in the control room said ask him this question and I didn't like it, the question. Um, but, you know, I don't know if this news director sitting in the in the in the room and said to the producer, have Mike ask this question. So I really didn't want to ask the question because I knew what the response was going to be. I asked the question and the response was blunt and like and either Belichick or Brady came looked at me like, you know, are you serious? And I, I was I wanted to slink down in my chair. I knew it was the wrong question to ask. It had nothing to do with. Yeah, with you got to trust your instincts. Yeah, and uh, and I and I did it. And but I was afraid that if I would be, you know, called in for conduct detrimental. I don't know. Did you ever get mad at any of your co-anchors? I mean, I get mad at Jack Williams once or twice. I got um, really mad at him. We were out in Denver, and when they won the World Series in 1907, well, we're both in 2004 and 2007. Uh, the 2004 one was St. Louis. Yeah, it wasn't as egregious. The one 2007, I told him it was 11 o'clock news, right? And I said, "Do me a favor. You know, I'm out here. Just let me say that the Red Sox have won the World Series." <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying, where I'm going with this, right? I know it's coming, yeah. Like, what do you want me to say now? You've said everything, right? Right. So, damn Jack, you know what? He just could not hold back. And, I, you know, I love him dearly, but not that much after I tell this story. He just, you know, and let's go out to Denver where the Red Sox have just added another trophy to their trophy case by winning the World You know what? I just was bullshit at him. And uh, anyway, it was one of those, it was one of those moments. I didn't really want to be that mad, but 
why can't you just let the reporter who's doing the story tell the story instead of being the anchor that steals the story? And you know what I'm saying, right? Absolutely right. I can't like the, the, the some some producer writes the lead in. The Red Sox have won their second World Series in the last three years by sweeping the Colorado Rockies in Denver tonight. MVP of the series was Mike Lowell. Terry Francona's second World Series since he's been the manager of the Red Sox. Now for more, let's go to Bob Lobel in Denver. And as you're saying, you said, what, what do you want me to add to that? Because you've said it all. And, right. Uh, drives me crazy. Chet Curtis was great with uh, with jokes. And he would say to the floor director, how long till we're back? Like it would be the commercial between weather and sports. And he said to, to the floor director, how long we got? Two minutes. And he just sit there. He says, how long we got? A minute and a half. How long we got? minute. How long we got? 45 seconds. How long? So with 30 seconds, he would start this joke. And he'd hit the punchline as the guy was counting down. The guy's going five, four, three. <laughs> he delivered the punchline with two seconds to go. <laughs> and then I'm the only one on camera when they came back on. And, and I'm like, Chet's like, sideways laughing and dick albert's on the floor and i gotta compose myself and try to try to deliver sports cast without breaking out laughing and if, <laughs> and then after a while he played when he started i said chet don't 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 no don't no more jokes no more jokes no, no because you know when you start you know uh, we've all been through you start laughing <laughs> on the air you can't stop you can't right. sometimes you just can't stop and so no matter how hard you try, it gets worse. So let me ask you the question to you. If you had to drive across country in a Cold Springs RV, nice. All right, would you rather go with Jack Williams or the late great Chet Curtis? I could find a place for both of them, actually. Yeah, There's I, plenty I, of room, right? Because they sell big ones. They well, smell. They sell small ones. They, they are luxurious. Smell? I made the mistake. There was a little... Um, faux pas there, Bob, which I corrected myself, which I was hoping the listener would glance over until you had to rehash. <laughs> they smell fantastic. They've got that new RV smell at Cold yep. Springs RV. Where? Up in Ware, New Hampshire. W-E-A-R-E. Ware, New Hampshire. So you know, if you're a camper or a recreational driver, if you're thinking about a new RV, well, this year more than ever, you really need to get out there and shop. It's no surprise the popularity <laughs> of camping is growing. And our good friends at Cold Springs RV, they're ready for you. And once you get in, you're not going to get out. That's, That's it. Right. You're going to want to drive and drive and drive and just be part of nomad land. Well, they got travel trailers, fifth wheels, motorhomes, pop-ups, and more. You like the pop-up, right, Hank? I love the pop-up. I've had one, but I'm in the market for a new one. I love them. You sleep up off the ground. It's got. I love the fresh air feeling that comes with sleeping in a tent outside. But I'm a little older, and I'm fat. I don't want to be sleeping on an air mattress. They have like king size beds. They have showers. They have stoves. They have showers. Toilets. They real. They are fantastic. They have toilets. They do. Some of them. The they they, they have toilets. That's where we're getting the the, the Lobel Cruiser. We're going to go up there to because they have the best selection. They even have a heated showroom if you want to. Uh, if it's cold out like it has been this this week, but it's a great place to go. Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire. Online at coldspringsrv.com. That's where we're going to get our Lobby Cruiser. And, Go cross country. I, I can't I say wait. we take uh, we take both of them. I say we we take start with Jack or Chet, and we make the trade off out of the Gateway Arch at the Mississippi River in St. Louis, and take the other one the rest of the way across the country. Fair enough. That's good. That's fair enough. Although we probably have to drop Jack off where in Wyoming? Is that where he's from? Las Vegas. Oh, he's from Pocatello, Idaho. Okay. But he's now living in Las Vegas, of course. I did used to like the exchange there, Elizabeth. You know. Uh, he's he was he should have been a game show host. He was a and perfect I, Ted Knight. No, he should have been a game show host, and he's, he could do Ted Knight better than Ted Knight. Oh, Mayor, <laughs> it's me. Pretty good, Bob. Uh huh. I, I'm just imitating Jack, who was really good. So, do you know, in, in all the years I was at Channel, forty years. Uh, in fact, it was forty years ago. I walked in for the first time. I did Final Four weekend of 1982. Um, but the weather office, like the sports office, probably in 40 years had been in six different locations across around the building. Right. And, and to this day, all the time I was there in 40 years, the weather office never had a window. 
which is hard to believe. So they could never look outside. They'd have to like walk to the loading dock out back and open the door to see what it was doing. And so one I day- like, I, They made sure Schwegler had a window so he could look outside and see what was happening. <laughs> I came in one day and I was like kind of drenched and it was like 10 past six and I see Dickie walking into the studio and he says, is it raining outside? Did you kidding me? It's raining? I said, yeah, Dickie, it is raining. You know, shouldn't you be the first guy to know about it? Uh, but they're, they're, all the other guys are great. They're just so into it. it, it doesn't doesn't it, you agree that every meteorologist was born to be a meteorologist? It's just something about their DNA. They just love the science of it. They love all the they, they, it's their Super Bowl. It's their playoff. Every time there's a snowstorm or a thunderstorm, potential for a, a tornado, and but you know they're all big. Dickie and, and Harvey, the biggest sports fans I ever ran across. They spend more time in the sports office. Asking why didn't the why did the manager take this guy out? Why didn't he leave him in? Why didn't you pinch it for this guy? You know why did they go for it on fourth down? And all I want to know is what time it's it, 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 is it going to be sunny on Friday afternoon so I can play golf? It's, I don't know. I, I I have no idea. I have no idea. So I would have rather if I if I wasn't if I didn't have the great opportunity to do what I did. I would have been a meteorologist. I really should have. I really feel like I should have gone to. Weather school or whatever they call it. When you were a kid, did you have a favorite cloud? Like was cumulus nimbus? Yeah, cumulus nimbus would have been the one, right. Yes. Yeah, it's fun to uh, say. No, no, I would say that. Uh, you know, if you're growing up in Ohio, you get a little more used to thunderstorms. <laughs> anyway. All right, boys. Listen, thank you very much. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to Unanchored Boston, UnanchoredBoston.com. You can find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in the next few weeks, please begin following us on social media at Unanchored Boston as we transition from Loby Lynchy and Friends with Hank Morse podcast. And we're also available to come out to your business if you'd like us to come and do the show at your business, restaurant, bar, any other type business. And if, you've ever, to- done, if you've ever done a Will Smith and want to share it with us, like things you've regretted you regretted doing, feel free to do it. We'll share it with our our club, Perfect. our little club. Right? That's Good one. We we're just a little, we're a little clan. Hi, everybody. Uh, hey, make Boston. sure you check out our new website, too, unanchoredboston.com. What did I say, Mike? Unanchoredboston.com. That's true. All right. Good. I'm just happy to be part of you guys, unanchoredboston.com. See you all later. Bye-bye. Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com.